doing this year's uh, spring breakaway, actually in spring for a change, and we're going to do it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now, for those of you who are wondering about school and all that stuff, uh, this is actually during most of y'all's spring break, and so most of you will have it off. If not, almost everybody gets Good Friday off, which is that Friday. So we will be leaving here from the church just like we would leave on Friday. We're just going to leave on Thursday. So if you got to go to school on Thursday, you don't have to miss. You can still go to school. But we will leave on Thursday in the evening, and we'll be there Thursday night, all day Friday, and all day Saturday, come back Saturday night. So we actually are going to have more time there than we've ever had in the past. And so I am geeked. I am excited. So here's the deal. Uh, again, trying to do some things a little bit more updated. We had two years to work on this and two years to do things a little bit better. Here's one of the problems we had every year when it came to registration. We killed like 19 forests printing papers out for y'all. We would give you the forms. You go home. Oh, I forgot the form. Can I get another form? We give you another form. Oh, I forgot the form. Can I get another form? And you'd keep doing that until the day before. Oh, you got any forms? Literally, Haley was tired of printing out forms for y'all. So this year, we are going with no forms, fully online registration. You can pay online. You can register online. And so there's no excuse, okay? So you didn't forget your form. This is all on you. And just so you know, just like there's a couple of different pages that we needed you to fill out, there's a couple different forms online that you need to register through. So one of them is your registration. Obviously, one of them is your payment. And one of them is your parents' electronic signature. Because I know all of you always get your parents to sign all of your forms. No one here ever forges a form because you're good, godly people. And uh, for legal reasons, if you do, don't tell me. But, uh, you know, just make sure you get it out. So uh, I don't know, Jonathan, are we live already on registration? Okay, so in the hallway, we'll have a barcode. You can scan it, and you can start your registration. Even if you can't pay right away, you can start your registration. And if you need scholarships, you can talk to me. We'll figure that out. And I will say what I always say, guys. We will never say no to you because of money. If that's the only reason you think you can't go, it's not a reason. We will never say no to anyone or your friends because of money. Now, if you're trying to get three scholarships out of me and you're walking in with new J's, I might just look at you, stank guy, but we'll never say no because of money. And so, you know, there's plenty of people that give and donate, and they do it because they believe in what God's going to do that week. And so if you're interested, if you're willing, that's all we need. Just let us know, fill out the registration, and anything else we can do to help you get there, we're going to do. Amen? Now, let me tell you my favorite part of that weekend. Besides what we know God does and the breakthroughs that God does and, you know, all the crying and the boogers that we leave at the altar and, and all the fun games and everything we do, one of my favorite byproducts from retreats or camps or anything like that is when you get a group of teenagers and you pull them away from all the drama at home and everything else that's going on and you get them in a room sleeping together for two, three nights and smelling each other's funk and looking at each other as you're going through the way, there's this thing that happens where friends become family, right? Where you just build the closeness. When you've been hearing somebody fart all night, you just, man, you got there. Like, we are tight now, right? When you walk in after somebody blew up the bathroom, different relationship now. We're just, we are there. And so I love that idea of that closeness that comes out of those kind of nights. And, and a couple weeks ago, if you, if you weren't here, you might want to check it out online. We talked about red flags of dating, and I went through a few red flags that you need to be mindful of when it comes to dating. Well, tonight, I want to follow that up with red flags of friendship. 
okay? Red flags of friendship. Because here's the reality. You can't choose your family. You can't choose your friends. And some of us are really bad at choosing friends. <laughs> and we don't like to think that because here's the truth, right? Let's be honest, especially as a teenager. There is a fierce loyalty to friends, right? How many times have we said, oh, but they've been my friends since kindergarten, or we grew up together, they're my neighbor, I've known them my whole life, and somehow we justify that. You know, it's like, I know they murdered half my block, but they've been my friend since we were kindergarten, you know? I know they tried to stab me yesterday, but you don't understand, they've been my friend. And so we go through these things and we make these excuses to justify our friendships. And here's the truth, right? I've never had to uh, disown friends. Eventually, I just find out who's my friend and who's not, right? And so if I could keep the standard, if I could keep who I am real, then eventually the real friends rise to the top and the fake friends fizzle out. But there has to be an intentionality because if you're not intentional about choosing friends, then people will be intentional about choosing you. And if you're a good person, people want to be your friend. But understand that there are some consequences to having the wrong type of people in your life. And here's, if I can expand it a little bit more. Um, I wish I had a whiteboard to say, but I'll just give you this illustration. We are called to love everyone, right? Let's do a big circle. Everyone, I can love everyone in this big circle. Your, whatever your background, whatever, you know, however bad you are, if you want to say it like that, or however sinful your life is, whatever, I still love you. I'm called to love anyone, everyone. But in my inner circle, the people I keep closer to me, I need to be more selective about that. So, no, it's too late. I already did the illustration. It was dope. <laughs> I appreciate you, though. Look at the work you did. Look at the work you did. Um, so you get what I'm saying? Like, in the big circle, everybody fits in the big circle. But as you get closer to me, my inner circle, I got to be more selective about who I allow closer to me, right? Because the ones that are closer to me, they have more influence over my life. They affect my day-to-day -day life more. They have an impact in my life. There, there's a level of intimacy that I am allowing to people who are in my inner circles. And this is where I think you need to be more selective because some of us, we let anybody in our inner circle. We just, yeah, if you want to be my friend, go ahead. And we just sometimes let in people that shouldn't really be in there. And so I want to talk to you about that because as believers, one of the main things you need to understand is that inner circle should be made up primarily of other believers. Because if the people closest to you aren't close to God, then I would argue neither are you. If the people closest to you aren't close to God, I would argue neither are you. So I want to just do a few red flags. I got about six red flags on friendship. But let me go into uh, Genesis real quick, right at the beginning, right? In the book of Genesis in chapter 2, uh, God created man. And he, he put all these things in play for man. He created this beautiful planet and he created this wonderful garden for man to be in. And he gave him some responsibilities in the garden. He gave him some rules in the garden. He gave him a job in the garden. And I want you to notice something in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 18. It says, the Lord God placed man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat the fruit, you will surely die. But I want you to notice this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now, I read that and I, and I think about the fact that the man wasn't alone. He had God with him, right? 
we see the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all there. So you got three people with him at least, right? Three and one. So I don't know how he wants to count that one. But he's not alone. He got all the animals, right? And they're not eating him. So he's chilling with lions. He's chilling with cheetahs. I mean, they're all his homies. Like, he's got this whole crew. And yet God looks at Adam and he says, it's not good for you to be alone. You need someone to help you in this life. Someone who's on your level. Now, most of the time when we read this, we think about a wife or a husband. And there's a portion of that, I guess, that you can lean in. But he doesn't say, I'm going to make him a wife, and he doesn't say, I'm going to make him a husband. He says, I'm going to make him a helper. I say all that because in this life, you need relationships. You need friends, okay? Even those of you who are super loners and super introverted and super isolated, because y'all lie. Y'all introverts be like, I don't like having a lot of friends. And isolate people, I don't like having a lot of friends. You know what I noticed? Y'all become friends with each other anyway. Right? All the people who say they don't want friends, you're friends with each other. And y'all hang out together. So I'm like, baloney, you don't want friends. There's like six of you right there acting like you don't like each other. And you're best friends. And so don't tell me like, oh, I'm alone. I don't like you. No, no, no. The worst thing in the world that we could ever do to you is not kill you. It's isolate you. The worst thing we can do to somebody in jail is put them in solitary. Put them in the box, right? Close them off from any communication with any human being. It is literal torture. And so I say all that to help you understand, we need friends. We are built for relationships. We are built to have friends. It is not good for you to be alone. You need friends. But just because you need to eat doesn't mean you got to eat out of a garbage can, okay? And just because you need friends doesn't mean you pick garbage friends, okay? All due respect to your garbage homies. But, like, you have a choice of what you take in and this is where I think we need to be selected. So let me give you some red flags real quick. This is all throughout the Bible, but just these are some thoughts that came to my heart. If you're taking notes, number one, red flag, foolishness. Red flag number one, foolish people. Foolish acts lead to foolish consequences. If you surround yourself with morons, don't be surprised when moronic things happen to you. Okay? Because here's how you got to think about it. You are in the car with that individual, and you are allowing that individual to drive because the fool will always drive. And when the fool is driving and he's acting like a fool, don't be surprised when you crash that everybody in the car got hurt. Because you can't get out of the crash. I don't know why I got hurt. I wasn't driving because you were in the car. And when you surround yourself with fools, or even if you keep yourself with one fool, we had this one fool in high school. His name was Oreo. He was a moron, all right? Sorry, Oreo, if you're watching, but you, you're dumb. And um, Oro, he, he wasn't the sharpest, but he was like, he had, he was like in our crew, you know, and we were always faithful to our group. But he was like this short little puppy that always barked because he knew all his friends would back him up. So he'd always talk trash and he'd always get us all into a fight. And we're like, I don't know why we're fighting. We don't even like you, Oreo. I don't know why we're fighting for you. But it was just kind of like this thing, like he's in our group. You can't mess with our group. And so this guy, he was just dumb. And he, I mean, he would fight women and he'd, he would lose. He'd fight. Dude, like he would just like all the time. And again, eventually people started realizing you keep getting us into these issues that we don't have with people. And so guess what? Eventually, we just stopped hanging out with him. Because we're like, you're barking, but nobody wants to be in that relation with you. Side note, years later, he actually did go to jail because he was involved in a gang, and he was chasing another gang manger, and he ended up hitting an old lady and killing her and going to jail for manslaughter. So I legit am telling you, fools, Okay. Can you imagine, I'm still friends with that guy, if I'm still friends with him, and I'm in that car while he's doing that moronic thing, 
And that's what I mean. You got to be careful. Listen, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. It says, walk with the wise, become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Another way, that, another translation says, a companion of fools suffers harm. And notice how specific that is. It's not the fool that suffers, it's the companion of the fool. Because the truth is, who's more foolish? The fool or the person who wants to be with the fool? Because sometimes the fool just don't know better. He's just an idiot. Like, he just don't know better. You should know better. So why are you associating with them when you're like, oh, they're my friend? But again, at some point, maybe they weren't foolish when you were in second grade, right? Maybe in second grade, the worst thing they did is they ate their boogers, and you're like, oh, you're so dumb. But as they grow, as that foolishness increases, maybe your distance has to increase as well. Doesn't mean you can't love them. Doesn't mean you can't have any association with them. But when it comes to the inner circle, I'm sorry, you are detrimental to my life, not helpful. Does that make sense? Let me give you red flag number two. Say red flag. Red flag number two, a gossipy friend. Oh, a gossipy friend. Listen, let me tell you something. If they talk about others to you, they're talking about you to others. You're like, I don't know if my friends are gossip or not. Do they tell you about other people's business? Because I guarantee they're talking about your business to other people. That's Why would it not make sense? There used to be this song um, back in like, this R&B song, and it was called What's So Different? And it's about uh, getting with somebody who's cheating on their boyfriend or girlfriend. And it's like, you're telling me you love me, you're telling me you're trusting What's going to be different when they get with you if they cheated on their person? Like, what makes you think it's going to be different? And that's the thing we do. It's like we sit here and we're all bochinchando and hearing all the gossip from the other person. And we're like, no, that's just between us. Guess what? It's not. Because the second you do something they don't like or you start hooking up with somebody they don't approve of or something happens, I guarantee you they are talking about you. And they are gossiping about you. And they're like, listen, I don't want to say anything, you know. And even like, you know, church-level gossip. What happened to so-and-so? Well, listen, hey, we need to really pray for them because... Um, you know, she, she got with a boyfriend. You need to pray for her. Right? And it's like, dude, are you serious? Like, why, why are you all of us? But that's the problem. And so you got to be careful because, listen, these people exist everywhere. Here, let me give you some quick hints on a gossip. A gossip is somebody who asks way too many questions. And why you got to know all that? You don't got to know all that. Why are you digging? When I find, especially, like, in youth ministry, when I find somebody, especially as a pastor, who kept asking, like, who's going to do this and when's going to do that? How are we going to do that? I was like, why do you ask so many questions? And then I'm not surprised when I find out, well, who's talking and who's doing all that? Who's got so-and-so? Why? Because they're always like that. When they're asking things they don't need to know, they probably want to know the dish. And so you got to be careful yourself. Don't be sitting there, like, spilling everything just because, well, they're my friend. I got to talk to somebody. You don't got to talk to them. And so I had friends that were gossipy. And guess what? We didn't tell them. I'll give you a good clue. My niece, she's not gossip, but she cannot keep a secret, okay? And she's sweet. She's like nine years old. But her whole life, she couldn't keep a secret, ever. Like one time, I took her and her sister with my wife to go see Toy Story, and we couldn't take her cousin last minute. Something messed, went down, and we weren't able to take her. But we were going to pick her up after the movie. And so I told my niece, the one who can't hold water, I said, sweetie, you cannot tell your cousin that we saw Toy Story. Okay, I'm just going to tell her. No, 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 no. Don't tell her anything. You don't have to bring it up. She doesn't know. You don't have to bring it up. We go and pick up her cousin who was like five at the time. She got a Toy Story toy in her hand 
super hopeful that we were going to watch Toy Story. As she's getting in the car, her cousin looks at her and goes, I have to tell you something. And she looks at me like, we did not see Toy Story. And <laughs> my niece is like, I wanted to see Toy Story. <laughs> I like this little car. And I was like, why? Why did you say? So when we found out, my wife and I, when we found out we were pregnant with our first child, guess who was the last to know in the family? My niece. As a matter of fact, she, right before we announced it on Sunday, I came to children's ministry, knocked on the door, pulled my niece out of her classroom to tell her, hey, listen, me and your titi, we're going to have a baby. And she got really excited. We're like, okay, but you can't say anything until she walked in her classroom and told the whole classroom. And then turned around like, sorry. I'm saying all that because you know what? I legit, some gossips, man, they just can't help it. And it's not their fault. It's your fault for not recognizing that they can't hold water that they're going to talk about you, and they're going to turn on you. So here's what you need to be understanding, because gossip, I think, works two ways. When you have a gossipy friend, it takes one to gossip, it takes another to listen. And so don't be surprised if people associate you as a gossip because you were the one listening to the gossip that was going down. Listen, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict. A gossip separates close friends. You want to know what's the easiest way to break up your crew? talk about each other behind each other's backs so here's a, I, I can go to whole sermon on gossip but here's a quick rule okay if it's not about you and it's not positive just be like hey I don't want to hear oh did you hear about so and so hey listen it, it's, if it's not good and it has nothing to do with me I'd rather not know no no but it's really good it's really juicy I, I, I get that but that's my friend I'd rather not know about that and what happens is now the gossip knows I can't talk to you about that because you're not on the same gossipy level. And now they're still going to talk about you, but maybe they got less to talk about since they ain't that close to you anymore. Does that make sense? Red flag number three, say red flags. So you got gossipy people, foolish people. What about negative people? Listen, you can't live a positive life surrounded by negative people. You cannot live a positive life surrounded by negative people. Okay, now I get it that sometimes we can be in funks, sometimes things aren't going well, but you got to be careful with somebody who's always a negative Nancy, no offense if your name is Nancy, but you got to be careful with somebody who everything sucks, everything's bad, everything's hard, anything you bring up, you're like, oh, did you see that new movie? That movie stunk. Okay, I was excited, but thanks. <laughs> oh, have you tried to try that new restaurant? Yeah, I heard it was bad. Well, I'm telling you it was good. <laughs> And the problem is negative people, it starts to wane on you, right? It's, they just start to bring the whole mood down. And it's like, I get it. Stuff's happening in your life. Let's talk about it. Let's process it. And let's move on. But, like, the whole world doesn't have to stink. Negative people are the kind of people that whatever you bring up, they find a way to make something bad out of it. Anything that comes up, anything, anything you want to do is, like, hey, you guys going to watch a movie? Ah, you want to, you got to, like, buy popcorn. You got to. Sit down, and you're going to have to, like, what time, and who's going to drive, and it's like, you just, you can say no, like, you just don't want to go, right? You don't got to, like, make us all feel sad about it, you know, like, Wario is like, you know, negative people are like, oh, are you really going to drink a straw, you know, that goes into, like, turtles' noses, and I'm like, okay, want me to eat the straw, so do I, like, what do you want me to do at this point? It's like, the straw's already made. 
And so you got to be careful with negative people, right? Proverbs 22, verse 24 through 25. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. You know, negativity isn't always sad. Sometimes negativity is angry. It's a negative emotion. When you get with somebody who's always angry, okay, I get it. Hurt people like to hurt people, but you don't got to hurt me. Like, I'm your friend. And so when somebody's got anger issues, there might be a distance I got to keep because I never know when you're going to blow up. I remember one time, uh, Merrimack Park, right on Narragansett and Irving Park. I'm with my best friend who I knew my whole life, just to show you that that's not enough. And we were playing basketball, and it's starting to get heated, and he had a hot temper. He always had a hot temper. He always just kind of flew off the handle. And so we, he starts getting into an argument with these other guys that are playing ball, and we don't know them, and so they're yelling back, and, and it's starting to get heated. And suddenly the other guys go, man, I'm going to go to my car. I'm going to get my gun, and I'm going to shoot you. Most people would be like, hey, bro, it's cool. Don't even worry about it. Not my hot-tempered friend. My hot-tempered friend said, you going to shoot me? Go get your gun then. Go get. I'm going to stand right here on this end. You get your gun, and you shoot me. And I'm standing next to him, and I'm like, don't shoot us. <laughs> right? And so the guy left. The guy goes outside to his car, and I'm standing there on that end with my boy. And thank God he never came back in. And so we, we get in the car, and we're driving home, and he's still heated, driving all fast. And I'm like, bro, what's wrong with you? And he goes, man, you've been going to church, right? I was like, yeah. So if you die, you go to heaven, right? I was like, yeah. Then I don't know why you're crying. <laughs> I don't want to go right now. <laughs> but listen, hot-tempered people will get you into hot situations with no way out. So be careful when you surround yourself with somebody who's always negative, who's emotionally unstable, who's always flying off the handle. Because whatever issue and drama they get into, they're bringing you right next to that end with them. You hearing me tonight? Red flag number four. Say red flag. Oh, here's a good one. Jealousy. Jealous friends. Oh, this one stung for some of y'all. Jealous friends. Listen, if they can't be happy for you, don't let them be happy with you. If they can't be happy for you, don't let them be happy with you. Jealous people are people who get angry when you have success in life. Are people who want to pull you down just because God's lifting you up. And you cannot surround yourself with jealous people. Now, jealous people are quiet about it. They're sneaky. They're, sometimes that jealousy is just in their heart, but it comes out in their actions. It comes out in things they do and sometimes in things they don't do. When you got a friend who's never congratulating you, they're never happy for you. You know, something good happens in your life. You're like, oh, slap, look, I got an A on the quiz. And it's like, Psh. Oh, you only got an A because blah, blah, blah. And you got this other teacher. And if you would have had my teacher, then you wouldn't have got an A. And it's like, Dang, just be happy I got an A. Like, why you got to psychoanalyze the whole process? Like, just be happy for me. And so you, you get around some of these people that are jealous of you, and they're jealous of the success in your life. And I get it. Sometimes that just comes from where they're coming from, some of the issues they've had in their life. And so they're salty or they're mad or, or they hate the fact that why is it happening to you and it's not happening to me? And why are you succeeding and I'm not succeeding? I'll be honest with you. Sometimes in the church world, that can happen to pastors, right? I can be looking at a ministry down the road and I'm like, man, how come they're blowing up and we're not blowing up? Or how come they got this kind of facility and I don't get that? kind of facility and, and how come God is favoring them and God's not favoring me. But if I'm focused on them, how can I be focused on him? So I got to worry about me. I got to focus on who I am. 
I can't allow jealousy to creep in, and I can't allow envy to get into my heart and separate me from what God's trying to do in my life. James chapter 3, listen, verses 14 through 15. It says, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual. Oh, and here's a good one, demonic. He went that far. Jealousy is not just earthly. It's not just a carnal, physical thing. It's not just unspiritual. It can even go as far as being demonic. Listen, it's a natural feeling sometimes to be upset when you see somebody getting ahead where you're not. It's a natural feeling sometimes when you see somebody win and you feel like you're always losing. But you allow God to check that in your heart. You allow God to help you folks. I love in the Bible when Peter gets reinstated by Jesus and, and he really messed up and Jesus brings him back into the mix. And as he's walking away, Peter talks to Jesus and he says, what about him? One of the other disciples who we later find out is John. And, and he's kind of like, okay, well, I, I messed up and I did some stuff and you kind of rebuked me and you brought me in. What are you going to do with him? And I love Jesus' response. What about him? You worry about you. Don't worry about him. In this life, you got to worry about you and your relationship with God. And so some of us, man, we're almost apologetic. When we have jealous friends, a lot of times what we do is we're either apologetic for the favor and the success that we have in life, or we try not to succeed to not hurt their feelings. We try to stay lower so that they don't feel like we're getting ahead of them. And you actually slow yourself down just to keep up with jealous friends. I ain't got time for that. Listen, if they jealous because you got asked out to prom and they didn't ask out to prom, that's, that's their issue. It's not your issue. What are you going to do, not go to prom because nobody asked them to prom? It's like, well, you're negative, you're jealous, you're angry. Why would it? I wouldn't want to ask you. We should just go together. No. <laughs> you know how long I've been waiting for that person to ask me? Like, are you kidding me? And so we got to be careful that sometimes we pull ourselves back and we think we're pulling ourselves back just because somebody else wants to pull us down. Listen, I want to surround myself with people that are going to champion me. I want to surround myself with people that are going to say, you did a great job, man. I'm so proud of you. Good stuff, man. I, I was so excited. We, we talked about the potential uh, of me becoming the lead pastor and a candidate. And I get all these messages from friends from years ago saying, hey, if it happens, tell me when. I want to fly out there. Like, literally, I had one of my friends, my good friends in the UK. He said, hey, when it happens, give me the date because I'm going to fly there from the UK. That's like a $1,000 ticket. And what he's saying, I want to be there to celebrate with you and say, great job, pastor. Great job, my friend. I want to surround myself with those kind of friends that are always going to be in my corner, that aren't talking about me and aren't talking bad about me, but are saying good things and are encouraging and are saying, Joey, pff, yeah, he's a great guy. I love that man. Absolutely. Surround yourself with people that are going to push you forward and lift you up, not try to tear you down. Speaking of tear, Red flag number five. Say red flag. red flag. Divisive people. Ooh, divisive people. Let me tell you about divisive people. Divisive people in reality are controlling people. Here's what I mean by divisive people, okay? Divisive people, when they can't control you, try to control the people around you. And what they try to do when they control the people around you or they control the narrative about you is they want to be in control. And so anybody that's against them, they try to divvy up. 
no, no, did you hear about so-and-so, da, 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 cut him out. You ever had a friend who, here's, here's what I never understood, and I get it because it's a very common thing among teenagers, but a friend asks you to stop being friends with somebody because of what they did to them. And it's like, but that, they didn't do that to me. Like, okay, I get it that you guys broke up, but, like, you cheated on her. <laughs> like, why I got to stop being their friend? Like, okay, I get it that that person, you all had beef, but I don't have beef with them. Why do I have to create imaginary beef just because you had that issue? And so a lot of times what divisive people do is they're trying to control your friendship. They're trying to control the narrative. They're trying to make sure that you are allied with them and separated from anybody who's cut them off. And this is very, very dangerous because this is the kind of thing that splits churches. This is the kind of thing that ruins youth ministries. This is the kind of thing that creates cliques, that creates environments where people feel unwelcome and unloved because of a divisive person. Where they're like, well, listen, I'm not dividing the church. I'm just keeping my friends close. No, no, no. There's a difference between keeping friends close and keeping people out. Okay? And so you want to be careful. You want to be careful about associating yourself with divisive people. Listen, Titus chapter 3, verse 10 through 11. Listen to the warning he gives his people here. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and a second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. Listen, when you're being divisive, I'm going to call you out on it. I'm going to be like, hey, listen, that's not cool. Don't do that, blah, blah, blah. Especially if you're my friend. Hey, the way you're acting, bro, that's divisive. And you need to be careful of allowing that divisive spirit to prevent you from doing what God's called you to do. And I might call you out twice. But when I realize you're not going to listen, I have to separate myself before you divide everything else. I can't have anything to do with you anymore. Because here's what happens. When you reckon, let's just say in the youth ministry, let's just say hypothetically that there's a divisive person who's causing a split because of whatever drama went down. And uh, somebody on this side of the aisle, you know, hurt somebody on that side of the aisle. So they're trying to get all their friends to not like that person and to not talk to that person. And now you're starting to cause division. Well, when you separate yourself, like the Bible says, you give them a warning, you give them a second warning, then you have nothing to do with them. When the person has nobody else around, they can't divide anymore because now they've just been cut out, isolated on their own. Divisive people don't like being cornered because when they're cornered and they're isolated, they lose the control that they have over people. Be very careful because the divisive ones are slick. They do it quietly. And man, I'll tell you what, divisive friends... They're really, really good friends to you. But here's a good indicator. If you see them being willing to cut somebody out at the drop of a hat or, be, or turn a friend into an enemy just that, like that overnight, it's not going to be too long before you do something that causes that kind of hurt to them and they do the same thing to you because it's a divisive spirit. Are you hearing me? Let me give you one more. Red flag number six. Say Red flag the direction they're going in, right? This is a big red flag when it comes to those of us in this room who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If they pull you away from Christ instead of pushing you towards Christ, that's a red flag. It's hard enough to have a relationship with God. It's hard enough to be consistent in my devotional and in my life in a world that doesn't love the Lord. It is hard enough in a sinful, fallen world to have a relationship with God. I don't need you pulling me back from that. 
I want to surround myself within my inner circle of people who are going to propel me closer to God. I want to surround myself with people that when I doubt my relationship with God are going to help propel me forward. I want to be with people that when I struggle in sin or I have a failure are not going to condemn me, but are going to help bring conviction and lift me up and push me forward. I want to surround myself with people that are going to help me. Here's the kind of accountability I want in my life, right? I want the kind of people that if I told, hey, I cheated on my wife. I want the response not to be, well, listen, don't say anything. I won't say anything. We'll cover it up. It'll be good. No, no, no. I want the kind of men and women in my life that'll say, Joey, you have until tomorrow night to tell your wife. And if you don't tell your wife tomorrow night and your pastor, I'm going to call them myself and tell them. That doesn't sound comfortable, but those are the kind of people I need in my life. Not the kind of people that will hide my sin, but the kind of people that'll lift me up out of it. It's not comfortable, right? But the best friends... They're not there to make you comfortable. The best friend is going to tell you when your zipper's down. It's embarrassing. It's salty. But the zipper's down. Like, somebody better tell you because you're just walking around like that. Your best friend is going to tell you when you got something in your teeth. It's embarrassing. They're going to tell you when a booger's hanging out of your nose. But I guarantee you this. You ever had somebody tell you there's a booger in your nose? You ever had that? Like, booger, zipper, something like that? And did you ever think to yourself, how many other people saw that and didn't say anything? How many other people noticed that and just giggled or laughed? But a real friend, they're like, hey, you got this thing to, here, take my shirt. Here, watch this. Why? I want to surround myself with the kind of people that are going to push me forward and draw me closer to God. Let me give you a quick story about that that really helped. When I was uh, in Excel, actually, I was probably 17, 18 um, I remember I was at a friend's house, a couple of other guys that were students here, and we were getting ready to do a fishing trip in Michigan. We we're just going to go away for the weekend, and I loved going on this getaway weekend. It was always something I looked forward to. And uh, that night, I got a call from the girl that I had been on again, off again for years, and uh, she told me that she was she didn't want to be with me anymore, and she was going to be with this other dude at the church that literally weighed three times my size. That had nothing to do with it, but I was a little salty about that. And... Um, and, you know, broke up with me. And so I'm sitting there, like, just isolated. I remember on the front of the steps, I'm just, like, broken and sad. And it was, like, years of just unhealthiness. And I was just not in a good place. But I praise God for where I got that call. Praise God that I wasn't in my room by myself. I praise God that I wasn't driving alone. I praise God that I wasn't isolated. I was at my friend's house, two brothers, men of God who served with me. And I remember I called the brothers up and I said, guys, let's go to the garage, I need you. They were in the house, I just went outside to take the call. I said, hey, let's go to the garage, I need you. We went to the garage, I said, what's going on, are you okay? I just need you to pray for me. And I didn't explain it, but I just remember I lifted up my hands and I bawled my eyes out and they prayed down heaven with everything they had and they called on the name of the Lord and they put hands on me and, and prayed through with me and we prayed for like an hour. And they didn't even know all the details yet. They just, all they needed to hear from me was, I need prayer. And they began to just lay hands and call on heaven. And we prayed all night. And I got to tell you guys, it was the best weekend of my life up to that point. I enjoyed just time with my bros. We were fishing. I caught a ton of fish with part of the prayer. I did phenomenal in that time. Why? Because I had men in my life that I can turn to in some of my weakest moments and weren't going to sit there and talk crap about the girl and weren't going to sit there and, and tell me everything's going to be okay when they didn't know. Who were just going to lift my hands up and say, we're praying with you, brother, because we love you. 
and we're not going to let you fall. It's the same guys who sent me texts. Congratulations, brother. We're so proud of you. Why? Because I wanted to surround myself with people that are going to go in the same direction that I'm going with God. Because here's the reality of relationships, right? Your main one is always going to be with Jesus. And so surround yourself with people that are walking in the same direction that God has you walking in. When it comes to dating or it comes to friendship, the philosophy is easy. I'm going to chase after God as hard as I can, and if someone can keep up, I'm going to introduce myself. You're the people I want in my life. I want to run with the runners. I'm going after God. It's not easy. It's not simple, but it's everything I want. Listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For, you, uh, for, your, uh, for to your shame I say that some of you don't know God at all. Bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame I say some of you, you don't know God at all. Pastor Jason, if you can help me out. Here's the deal. Here at Excel, part of why we do all this is to create an environment where like-minded students can find like-minded students that aren't perfect, but are in a pursuit of a relationship with God. And I'm not naive to think that everybody in this room is perfect and that there's probably at least one person for every category in this room. I'm sure there's some fools. I know there's some fools. There might be some gossips. There might be some negative people, might be some jealous people, might even be some divisive people, or even some people that aren't even trying to go in God's direction. They just came to hook up with somebody or because it's fun. I get all that. But the majority of the people here, I would argue, are at least trying. I'm trying to have a relationship with God. And I wanna surround myself with people that are trying. And if you're struggling with jealousy, I'll love you enough to call you out on that. If you're acting a little divisive, I'll call you out to be better at that. Because the truth is, we've all been there. We've all made one of these mistakes. We've gossiped. We've gone in the wrong direction when we know what God was calling us to do. We've been divisive. We've been jealous. We've been negative. We've gossiped. We've acted a fool. I can tell you I've done all of those. I can give you stories on every single time I've done one of those things. But I thank God that he never gave up on me. And he surrounded me with friends who didn't give up either. See, when I say you need to be careful about choosing friends, I'm talking about the kind of people who refuse to turn away from these kinds of behavior. The type of people who are just saying, I am this and that's all that I am and I'm never going to change. Because if, if you've given up on yourself, I can't do nothing for you. But I'm trying. And the truth is, down the line, People sift themselves out. And you will keep relationships with people who have kept relations with God. Or you will keep relationships with people who didn't. Because here's the truth. There are some relationships, godly people, that used to come to Excel 15, 20 years ago. And still have great godly relationships to this day. There are also groups of friends who all met here at church. And now all just sin together outside of church. None of them following God. 
None of them living for God. All of them doing stuff. I remember at one point, one of them telling me, and we have a good relationship, and he had mentioned how at one point he was at a house party, and everybody's drunk and doing a bunch of stuff, and most of them were all in their 20s. And there was like six or seven of them that uh, were all friends and used to come to Excel. And one of them gathered the group together and they said, hey, come on, let's take an Excel picture. And my friend, who was not ever shy, said, I'll never stand in that picture. I'm not living right, but I know that's not right. What was he saying? He was, he was brought up to the reality. We were taught better, but we're not living better. And here's what I've discovered. Most of us will choose friends over God. But it's an easier choice when your friends chose God too. Because then we're still moving in that same direction. Are you hearing me tonight? I'm going to ask you to stand real quick. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And then I want to take the next 10 minutes and just do a quick little exercise. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to just take a mental inventory for just a minute. I want you to look at that inner circle. That part of you that that you really let people in. I'm not talking about all the random acquaintances you have at school. I'm talking about the the group of people that are on your favorites list on your phone. I'm talking about the group of people that when stuff really gets serious, you're going to reach out to. The ones that you lean on, the ones that you put hope in. And I'm not saying you got to call all of them up and say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. But I need you to take mental inventory. Are these people bringing you closer to God or are they pulling you away? Are they divisive? Are they jealous? Are they negative? Are they gossipy? Are they fools? Are they people that you love, but maybe you got to put a little bit of distance between you now? Because the reality is they're hurting you more than they're helping you. And in a moment, I want to pray that God will give you strength to do that. Because the truth is, that's not easy. Because for all their bad, I'm sure these people have done a lot of good. And I'm not saying this has to be permanent. It's just the reality of right now. I also want to pray for those of you in this room who recognize, you know what? I've been the bad friend. I've been divisive. I've been jealous. I haven't taken my walk seriously, and I've been pulling other people away from God, too. I've been a gossip. I've been negative. And you're not disqualified. You're just learning. You're figuring out life. And there's a chance for God to help you make that switch and make an effort not to be perfect, but to try. To try to be better than you were yesterday and to be everything God called you to be. So whichever camp you land in, or maybe if you're both, just let me pray for you. And if you're in any of those categories, just in your heart, join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for every person in this room right now, God. Lord, every one of us was built for relationships. Every one of us was built to have community. And Lord, I thank you that we have a place like this where we can find community, Lord, where we can build relationships with people that are trying to grow in their relationship with you. God, I pray that this will always be a place where friendships are made first and foremost with you and then with each other, God. But Lord, I also pray 
that you would help us to be wise. Your word says that if anyone lacks wisdom, they can boldly go before the throne of grace and we can ask you for wisdom and that you won't deny us, God. So Lord, I ask for wisdom in choosing our friends, God. I ask for wisdom in being more selective about the kinds of people we allow into our lives. God, we're selective about the clothes we wear. We're selective about the places we go. We're selective about the schools we want to enroll into. We're selective about so many things. May we be selective about the people we choose to invest in our lives, God. And Father, this list is not exhaustive. I'm sure there's other things that you might bring up. There's other reasons why somebody may not be a good friend to us right now. And Lord, I pray even for those that we feel we need to maybe move away from. God, I pray, help them, God. Help them so that we can maybe one day reunite and continue to grow stronger. But Lord, I pray that you also help us understand that they're not always our responsibility. We are not you. And we can't do what only you can do. Father, I also pray for those of us in this room who, quite honestly, we've been a bad friend that time or two. We've been divisive. We've been jealous. We've had hot tempers. We've not gone in the direction that we should go and we've caused others to stumble. Father, there's times where we've been foolish. Lord, I'm reminded of that verse when I was a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I spoke like a child, but when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Lord, I pray, help us to mature. Help us to mature into the type of friends that draw people closer to you. Help us to mature into the type of friends that we desire because we won't attract what we're not. So Lord, I pray, first and foremost, may we be what we're looking for. And would you give us the strength to do that and do that well. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody here said, amen. Here's how I like to close. We're pretty much wrapped up. But before you go, do me a favor, guys. I want you to meet two or three people that you don't know really well. All you got to do is introduce yourself, maybe tell you what school you're from. But if we can't make friends here, we're going to have a hard time. And so just take a few minutes. If it's somebody new, if you don't know everybody in this room, get to meet somebody you don't know. All I ask, though, Let's try to keep it for the most part, guys with guys, girls with girls in the beginning, because this is not your opportunity to hook up. See last week's message. God bless you guys. We love you. QR code outside. If you're interested in registering for Breakaway, we want you guys all set up to go. God bless you. We will see you in small groups tomorrow.